Praise the Lord. Well, I want to continue on uh, the series that I began some time ago entitled Transformed. And out of the book of Romans, chapter 12, uh, and uh, in verse 2, uh, we are encouraged and we are challenged uh, to make sure that we allow our born-again experience to, to transform us in the way we look at life, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at the things that we are doing and uh, the things that we deem important, priorities and so on. And in the Word of God, we are encouraged so that we do those things, we can step into the will of God. We'll, we will understand and more clearly know God's will, which is pleasing and perfect. So let's read that this morning out of the book of Romans chapter 12. And that's our, our springboard sermon that uh, I've been using uh, throughout this series. In verse two, 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for, your, for you, which is good and pleasing and uh, Perfect. Now, that word conform, that word means to imitate or to agree or to adapt. And so God wants us to be nonconformist when it comes to the things of this world. I know that inside of us, there's a lot of nonconformity in our lives. You know, it says don't touch and you end up touching it anyway. It says don't park here and you end up parking here anyway. It says uh, certain things don't be involved in, and because we're nonconformist a lot of times, hey, we're going to protest against that. We don't want to conform to that. We all have that inside of us, the ability. And what God is saying through the Word is that He does not want us to pursue, to conform, or to adapt uh, to the principles uh, of this world. Why? Because he's mean? Because he's cruel? Because he wants not, us not to have any fun? No, because he wants us to know his perfect will. He wants us to know and to, 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 to be involved in his uh, blessings that he has for us. And so he doesn't want us imitating or agreeing with the patterns of this world. Because we are born again, the Bible says, a new creation. How many can say amen to that? New creation in Christ Jesus. And we have to constantly be aware of the fact that the world will always try to conform us into its thought patterns, to be into its, its, its desires and its goals and its wills. But God wants the process of transformation to be a continuous process. It's not just a one-off and we're done, but there's a continual transforming as we mature and as we grow in Christ and become more Christ-like, there's a transformation, a changing that takes place spiritually, physically, transforming, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially. All these things make us healthier people of God. We need to understand that. When we allow God to transform our old way of thinking, when, when it comes to these different areas, then we will be a lot healthier in our walk with Christ, in our relationships 
uh, that we build with those around us. And so we understand the transformation process should never stop because there's always something new God wants to do. Isn't that right? Always something new. Always something that God wants to achieve that takes us beyond where we at, we're at. And, and I, I have that mindset when it comes to our church and our ministry that I know there's always something more that God wants to do in our congregation. There's always something more that God wants to do as a ministry to, to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And there are several ways that God allows that to happen. And one of those ways is which I want to speak about this morning is that uh, the setting of goals in our lives. The setting of goals. Everyone say that word goal with me. Goal. There's that famous guy that shouts out. I mean, he, he, I think, you know, he's almost, almost uh, has that as his own personal way of, of, of uh, shouting goal. And for you and I this morning, it's, it's important that, that we are setting goals in our lives because it will help us to become healthier men and women of God. It will help us to become more productive Christians if we learn to set goals in our lives. Especially when it comes to being more Christ-like. And that should be the main goal. That should be the priority of goals in our lives is to become more like Jesus Christ. How many can say amen to that? And that goal, I guarantee you, takes a little bit of doing. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 3 and verse 18, you guys, you don't have that one on, on uh, the PowerPoint. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Jesus as we are transformed into his glorious image. So it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen after you come to church one day and now, okay, I'm just like Jesus. Now, I know some folks think that, that they, you know, they, they, they've arrived, but that's not the case. There's a process that has to take place so that we can be transformed, and that's a goal that we all need to set. But beyond that goal, there are other reasons that we should be setting goals. It's a personal transformation that God wants to do in our lives. Now, at the beginning of every new year, we do what it's called uh, resolutions. We make them, don't we? And basically what those are, resolutions, are goals. Those New Year's resolutions are goals that say, I'm going to do such and such, or I'm going to accomplish such and such, etc., and so on. And so we make that resolution or set that goal at the beginning of the, of the year because it's something that everybody does, most people do. But then after a few months... After a few weeks, maybe for some, and maybe a few hours for others, that goal is out the window. If you reached it or not, that goal has been forgotten. But I want to ask you, what do you do after that, whether you reach it or not? What, what takes place? Let me ask you the question. How many goals have you set in your life since New Year's Eve? How many goals in your life have you set that, that, that would cause you to go beyond where you were last New Year's Eve, other than the main one, that one big one that you uh, set. 
You see, it's so critical that we learn to set goals. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5, it says, The plans or the goals of the diligent lead to profits as surely as the haste leads to poverty. And that, those are powerful words there because the Bible says when we set, make plans or set goals in our lives, we're going to profit by them. We are, we are going to gain. That's what profit is. You're going to gain something in your life beyond where you were. But then again it says, but surely as haste leads to poverty. And if we don't plan or we, we fail to set goals in our lives, then basically we'll be lacking in achieving those things that maybe God wants to show us or, or accomplish in our lives and we get, become satisfied with the status quo. So why are goals so important beyond that in changing my life, in transforming the way I think? Well, number one, when you Get involved in setting goals for your life, not just once a year, but throughout the year. What it does is it creates opportunities. It gives you opportunities that maybe you wouldn't otherwise step out for, that you otherwise wouldn't uh, have taken place in your life. Because as Christians, we need to have goals in our lives because without goals, we'll be lacking new challenges and new accomplishments. How many like a challenge? You don't like a challenge? You know, I think about, when I think about the word challenge, I think about that guy on Coney Island who eats all those hot dogs. Right? Now that's a challenge. Now some of you, I'm sure, maybe might put them to the test. I don't know, about 35 hot dogs or 36 hot dogs in so many minutes that he eats. Now, that's a challenge he takes every year, and almost every year he wins that challenge. And, and he, he, I read something about what he, his life, and he says that every year he prepares for that challenge to see if he can break his record. He didn't say, well, I already did that, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the world's greatest hot dog eater. But he wants to, for him... It's a motivation to break the goal that he already established and accomplished. And for you and I, without setting goals there and, and not having any new challenges, then we become stagnant. We lack motivation to move beyond where we are as Christians. All of us need to learn to work diligently towards setting goals. It's the reason why some people get bored with their Christianity. They, they, they become kind of stagnant where they are in, in their walk with Christ because they got saved, their kids maybe are saved, their husband or wife is saved, things, they got a job or, or things are moving along, and so, you know, you become satisfied and, 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 and everything is, is good. And there's the danger of becoming stagnant in your relationship with Christ, in, in, in achieving what God has for you beyond what you've already accomplished. You can get comfortable, and, and life can be really, really good. Thank God for it. But God has more for us as the people of God. 
Someone said if you're bored with life, if you don't get up every morning with a burning desire to do more, then you don't have enough goals in your life. That was uh, Coach Lou Holtz. He was a coach who was enthusiastic and determined, even at his, his, later on in his years of life, to continue to teach and to coach and to be involved in different types of sports. Started off in football, he did baseball, went to college, universities, and taught them because he wanted to stay active and keep things moving forward. And he set goals for his life. He didn't want to get bored with life. And, and, and you can bring this into any area of, of, of your life, in, in your marriage. How many times do people get, couples get bored with their marriage? That's a good marriage sermon right there. Are you bored with your spouse? And the reason we get bored in our relationships with each other as, as couples is because there's no more goals set to build that marriage relationship. Remember the goals you set? I don't know where I'm going with this, but somebody needs to hear that because this is not in my notes. Remember the goals you set when you were chasing your husband or your wife? You set goals. Today, this is what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, this is what I'm going to take him or her. Uh, next week, this is what I have planned. There were goals and you were excited. And it kept the freshness in your relationship. But now, I'm mean, assuming you get bored after six months of being married. Some of you were bored after a year of being married. Why? Because you set no goals. And then as that plays out, in every other area of our life, and I'm speaking about especially in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us need to set purposeful goals uh, so that our abilities and our talents can be realized. Untapped potential can, can, can be realized as we move forward for the things of God. I guarantee you there's untapped potential sitting here in this congregation this morning. There is untapped potential and, 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 and things that can be accomplished that, that are not being accomplished because maybe you haven't set a goal to do it. You haven't stepped out in faith to say, God, this is what I, I believe that you can accomplish in my life, and I'm going to step out and do that. See, people in the Bible, throughout the Word of God, and even throughout history, have set goals for their lives that have caused them to touch multiple millions of lives, and lives that have been transformed, especially throughout the Word of God. Paul understood the importance of setting goals. The familiar verse in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. I know that I'm not yet what God wants me to be. How many can say amen to that? We're not what God wants us to be yet. I haven't reached that goal, he said. But I keep moving toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and saved me for this. Wow. Christ saved Paul to accomplish some goals in his life. God saved you to accomplish some goals in your life. Don't get bored with life. Don't get bored with Christianity. But always look to God and say, God, what more do you want to do in my life? And then he goes on and says, I know that I haven't yet reached my goal, but there's one thing I always do. Forgetting the past 
and straining toward what is ahead. I keep my eyes focused on the goal so that one day I may win the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ in the life above. And all of you who are spiritually mature should think the same or be like-minded. And so Paul is saying, listen, you also ought to be thinking like I think, that God has saved me to accomplish some goals. Not just one goal, but to continue to accomplish. Paul, when you read his life, the history of his life, did not stop once he got saved and knocked off his horse and blinded. And once his eyes were opened, he didn't stop there. But he continued to press forward, to reach forward for what God had wanted him to accomplish. And it's the same for you and I. Some of you might think, well, I've already done what I need to do. I'm up in years in my age, and, you know, I guess I've, I've, I've accomplished all my goals that I need to accomplish because I can't think of anything else I need to do. Someone said, uh, C.S. Lewis, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Never too old to set new goals or to have new dreams. I think about Caleb. Caleb, he was pretty old. But listen to what happens in Joshua chapter 14 and in verse 10. Listen how he's recounting how he had a relationship, his relationship with Moses and the promise that God made to him during that time. He said, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. Is anybody 85 years old here? Would you raise your hand? Do we have any 85? God bless you. Anybody else? You're never too old to set new dreams and have new goals in your life. That's why you're still here. That's why she's still serving God throughout the years. Because she's been setting new goals throughout her life, just like Caleb. And listen to what Caleb said. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to do battle now as I won then. I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Caleb wanted some more land. He wanted more territory, and he was willing to fight and to battle for that new land, uh, more goals that God had put in his heart. That's what God has for all of us here this morning. That's why goal setting is so important. I want to be here when I'm 85 years old. Whether I'm preaching or sitting in a seat, I still want to be in God's house, worshiping the Lord, uh, loving Jesus, uh, because I didn't give up and got bored. And the way you don't get bored is to set new goals. 
Even God sets goals. Wait, he doesn't have to. But God set goals for you and I. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Listen to the goals that God set for you and for me. For I know the plans. I know the goals that I have for you, says the Lord. Goals or plans for good and not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. Man, God has goals for you and I here this morning, and they are good goals. They are good plans for our future to give us a hope. Don't, don't burn out. Don't get bored. Don't say it's all over. It's just begun for you this morning, and it begins when you start setting new goals in your life. We experience the blessings uh, and the new opportunities uh, that God wants to give us in our lives. This morning, maybe some of those goals that you set have failed and you've been discouraged because they haven't come to pass. But you know the beautiful thing about being a Christian, knowing Jesus, is that we don't have to live our lives with condemnation because of those unachieved goals. God doesn't hold our past against us. God doesn't hold those failures against us. But as Paul says, what we need to do is get up and press forward and strive and set new goals or maybe try to, to accomplish that one goal that maybe didn't come to pass. But don't quit. But don't give up. Because God is there to help you to move forward in whatever he has for your life. Goals are also, it's important also to set goals because goals are statements of faith. That's what they are. A goal is a statement of faith because it's a statement about what we believe God wants to do and is able to do in our lives. Because when you set a goal, you haven't seen it you haven't reached it, you haven't attained it, but it's a statement of faith. And when for you and I as Christian men and women, when we set a goal in the things of God, it's a statement of how much faith we have in Christ, that what God is able to do in our lives. Because setting goals for God require courage for us to act on them require faith and a willingness to step out and take a chance without knowing the outcome. That is faith. That is what the Word of God calls faith. Those things that are unseen, but yet we believe that God can do them. Someone said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you would never fail. Think about that. What would you step out and try to accomplish if you knew you wouldn't fail in doing, in trying to do it, in accomplishing it? Man, some of you right now would jump in an airplane, sit, tell the pilot to get out, I'm flying this thing. Right? The things that, that you would want to attempt that by faith in Christ Jesus, that he will help you attain. Because there, in Christ there is no failure. 
In Christ, there is no failure. And, and, and I'm going to be explaining that a little bit more when uh, I come to that, that aspect of setting goals and maybe they don't come to pass. Hebrews 11:6, because goals are a statement of our faith in God, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And so, when we set our goals, they need to be set knowing that God is there to help us move forward in achieving those goals as we deep, deepen our trust. This is why some folks haven't stepped out to, to get involved in ministry. Maybe why some haven't stepped out to accept the challenge, to do something greater for God, to, to get involved in, in some kind of work for God. Because you're unsure of what the outcome's going to be. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can accomplish it. But let me tell you something. With God, all things are possible. And God can help you to accomplish it. You know, when, when, when I got the call of God to go out and pastor, it's the last thing I wanted to do because I wasn't sure if I could do it. I wasn't sure if I was able to, to pastor a church or even let alone get a church started. But I had to step out in faith at some point in my life and say, God, you called me to do this. Now it's up to you to make it happen. It's up to you to grow this church, to bring people in. Not about me, it's about you. I had to step out in faith. That's exactly what some of you need to do here this morning. You need to step out in faith and say, God, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if I can handle this. But God, it's not about me. It's about you and my faith in you because with you, all things are possible. And that's what God has called us to do in life as we deepen our trust and our confidence in him. Courage will come. Boldness will come. I forgot about being afraid when I went out to Pioneer uh, and, and planted church. I forgot about what if it doesn't work because I stepped into the realm of God, this is yours. God, nothing is impossible. And now everything started to open up because my faith uh, overpowered my fear. And that's what we need to understand uh, that God wants to happen. Dependence on God is critical when you set goals. Don't just set a goal and say, well, I think I can do this. Said God, I'm setting a goal. Here's what I think and I'm praying about. You need to get involved in this goal. True success requires dependence on God. Dreaming doesn't cost us anything. Got to have dreams. It can lead us to greater things. Have you stopped dreaming in your faith, in your walk with God? Have you stopped dreaming about what you believe God can do in your life? Have you come to a place where you have just become stagnant or maybe comfortable? And basically you're there and, you know, um, no new dreams, no new visions, no new goals. Don't ever get to a point like that if you are there. Get out of it. Start dreaming. Start believing God. Start planning. Start setting new challenges for your life, whatever they might be. Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dream. 
Don't limit what God can do in your life. Setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So when you set a goal, you're saying, I haven't yet attained it, I haven't yet reached it or accomplished it, but I know it's going to happen. You got to take the first step. Otherwise, it'll never become visible. It'll always be a dream. And goals, dreams without plans, dreams without goals are simply that, just dreams. So you start dreaming, now you got to start planning. And now you got to step out and let God do the rest. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done. Do you believe that this morning? According to your faith, not my faith, the pastor's faith, but your faith. How is your faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. I've been giving you a lot of scriptures here this morning. And when you read these scriptures and you apply these scriptures, your faith is going to increase. And according to your faith, it's going to be done. You believe that? You got to believe that. Because if you don't believe that, you'll always stay in the same place. You see, when you set goals, and you set a goal, now you're focused. It'll keep you focused. You'll, you'll have a, a vision of what needs to take place. Hebrews 12, 2. Listen to what it says about our Lord Jesus. If it's God, I'm busy. Hebrews 12, 2. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Jesus, this is the, the message translation of that scripture. Jesus could put up with anything along the way. Put up with the cross. He could put up with the shame. He could put up with whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Because he never lost sight. He never lost focus through all the trials and turmoil and rejection that he faced, uh, he accomplished the goal that God had for him. Goals will keep you focused. That's why they're so important for you and I to have as Christians because when you lose sight of what God wants to do in your life, when you lose sight uh, of, 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 of where you're at in Christ and you have no goals, you're going to lose focus. Goals keep us away from wasting time, energy, going in circles. Because life is filled with distractions. Isn't that right? And if you set no goals in Christ, I guarantee you the devil will have a lot of goals he will set for you to reach. That's why it's so critical because there are so many obstacles out there. So many distractions out there. We have to fight to stay focused. And the way to stay focused is to want to have goals set to do the will of God. God, how can I do more for you? God, what can I do? Set a goal to accomplish more for your kingdom, to touch more people. Life is filled with distractions. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, the apostle Paul writes, I don't run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just uh, the air. He was focused. He wasn't just shadow boxing. 
He had things he needed to accomplish. When we don't have goals for our lives, we waste time and we waste energy. Also, goals strengthen our determination. You ever been, you know, at a, at a carnival? And they say if you, you know, knock down three of those bears, you get to, to win something, or you, you shoot the dart and whatever it is, you make three bullseyes, you get a prize. And how much money have you spent at one of those things determined that I'm going to win, even when you're a lousy shot? Shooting that basketball when you never made a basket. You know that, that little crane that comes down to pick up the, the plush toy? How many coins have you put in that determined that you're going, you, were, you, you, you had a goal and you were doing it? Goals strengthen our determination. Godly goals help us make it through difficult times in our life. Job chapter 6, verse 11. I do not have the strength to endure, he said. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. Think about it. What Job was saying is that without goals, I'm weak. I'm not determined to move forward. I can't endure. But the opposite is true, that when he had a goal, if he had goals in his life, he set goals. The opposite is true, where he would have endurance. He would be able to endure and go through the struggles of life and the pains of life. You see, goals keep us from being discouraged with short-term setbacks. When you you have goals in your life, you set goals. They'll help you overcome the obstacles and the discouragements and maybe the failures that you have experienced in your walk with, with Jesus. Because that's faith that I can still accomplish something else. Paul writes in... 312, our text, I keep striving toward the goal. Keep striving, in Philippians, he says. I don't stop, but I keep pressing forward. Someone said failures are only temporary tests to prepare us for the permanent triumphs we'll experience. Think about that. I think about those inventors those people who invented the things we take for granted in life, and how many failures they had before they finally accomplished the goal of making that thing or inventing that thing that they were uh, out to do. It's the same with you and I. Yes, life is going to have failures. Life is going to, to have setbacks, but we cannot allow those things to keep us back because sooner or later, there's going to be a victory. The triumph will be there. The devil is a liar. Don't let him keep you back. Just keep pressing forward. Set a new goal. Set another goal. Set another bar that you want to reach. And then goals shape my character. God is always more interested in... Uh, our character than he is our accomplishments. Our goal, obviously, the primary goal is to be more Christ-like. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Jesus as we are transformed into his glorious uh, 
image. Our character, God wants, through the trials, in reaching that goal, in moving towards those goals, we have to be careful that we don't become callous and forget about people or harm people in trying to reach those goals. Because in setting goals, we can just focus on that and forget, try, and you know, God forbid, we forget the, the reason why we set the goal. Or maybe the people that are helping us accomplish goals. Because how many know, we need, sometimes we need people to help us accomplish goals. Right? Second Peter 1, 5 and 8. Peter writes, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus. So those goals that we're reaching and those things that we're building on for the kingdom of God, make sure our character stays Christ-like and stays uh, godly. And then lastly, God will reward our goals. God rewards those goals. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. if your goals are good, you will be respected. When we set goals that are godly and goals that are good to glorify God, God will honor them. He will bless us and prosper us with them. Write this scripture down, 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 26. Good and godly goals are always uh, rewarded. Revelation 22 and verse 12. The Lord says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. God rewards our goals. What kinds of goals? Goals that honor God. Goals that are motivated by love and goals that require faith. This morning, as our worship team makes their way up, have you set any goals since New Year's Eve? How many goals have you reached this year? How many goals have you set this year? Have you set any at all? And if you haven't set any goals personally in your life, then I have to say that you are in danger of becoming spiritually bored with your walk with Christ. Why? Because there really isn't any new challenges that you're believing God for in your life. You've just become set in a place where the status quo is good. You know, salvation is great. Being born again, obviously, is awesome. That's primary. But is that all we're saved for? Paul said, I've been saved to accomplish some goals, to do some things. Is there more that God wants to do in your life? Of course. Are you willing to allow God to do more in your life? That's up to you. That's up to you. Will you let him challenge you? Will you accept the challenge to step out 
Do new things other than what you're doing now. Expand and stretch your life, your faith, to believe God for something new, something beyond what you think you can do, but something that God says, for man, it's impossible, but with me, all things are possible. Those are the goals that God wants us to set. Those things that we think are impossible, God will make them possible. As we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning for a few moments,